Okay, today's sermon, I've been asked to talk about sending. Uh, sending people out, sending people to preach the gospel. So, what better way to start than to start with the Great Commission? Um, so let me read that out. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can check that I'm saying the right thing, but it's up there anyway. Uh, I'm going to be centering around three uh, uh, verses today. Um, they will be on the PowerPoint, um, so you can check them. Uh, but it's great to have your Bibles there as well. Okay, so Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, Authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So let me pray as we start. Father, help us to uh, come humbly before your word today, uh, ready to listen to what you have to say to us, ready to change our lives to become more like you and like your son, Jesus. Lord, help us to realize uh, that our lives are yours and that daily make that sacrifice. Lord, help us to love you more so that that sacrifice is something that we are willing and joyful to give up. And help us to really just open ourselves up to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so some of you know that I uh, grew up going to the Chinese church in London. And as a church that was composed of people from all around the world, I mean, you know there are Chinese communities everywhere. Okay, I, I went to the one in San Francisco, and it's like a, a city in itself, a Chinatown, um, much bigger than in London. Um, I've heard the ones in, in Canada, Toronto, and Vancouver are even bigger. Um, uh, but it, in some ways, it reflected the church, this church, but on a much larger scale. It's no surprise, really, that as a young boy, I grew up with a really, truly global perspective on Christianity. I heard about missionaries in China who were suffering, who were smuggling in Bibles. I heard you know, some of what was going on in various different parts. And we were sending out missionaries uh, a lot to Southeast Asia, a lot to Asia, but also to South America and even to, to America, to Africa, etc. So, hopefully, we as a church really do have this global vision, especially since we have a pastor from America. We recently sent uh, our worship leader to, uh, who uprooted his family and went to Kenya. Uh, and we've got people in this church from at least a dozen different nations. And so when the Great Commission says, make disciples 
of all nations. It should resonate with us very deeply. As a young boy, I knew the call to mission work and to train people up and send people out was a very integral part of a thriving church. Now, since then, I've visited, I've taken the opportunity to visit lots of churches. I I try and make it a point that whenever I go somewhere new, uh, if I'm traveling, if I'm there on a Sunday and I haven't found a church beforehand, I'll just go and visit the local church. And I've seen a lot of churches that are very inward looking. And even churches that are very active in their community, I've seen them stagnate and become irrelevant to their children and their community. And I've seen them slowly, slowly dying. Because when you, even if you're very active in the community, if you take your focus away from the gospel, how are you relevant to the community? How are you different? How are you distinctive? How are your children going to know why they should go to church? Yes, you're teaching them to be active in the community. But how is that relevant to coming to church? So it was very strange to me that in my last school, I met a sixth form boy. He claimed to be Christian. I don't know whether he's Christian. Uh, He knew his Bible well, but had completely failed to see the point of evangelism. And I spent a long long time discussing with him the point of evangelism. And so even uh, though I'd grown up with this idea that mission and evangelism were very much part of the church, I decided to sit down, get my Bible open, and uh, really try and find out what the Bible says. Now, there are lots of passages that support evangelism that all of us may not be evangelists, but we should do the work of an evangelist. Uh, But one strikes me, and I'm just going to put this up if you want to turn to it. Romans 10, and let me read this out. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how how are they to believe in him who they have uh, never heard? And how... Are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they, uh, they to preach unless they have been sent? As it is written, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all, be, uh, all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, <clears throat> who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For the voice goes out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the earth. Let me read from verse 14 again. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him 
who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And so as a church, isn't it clear that we should be a preaching church, an evangelizing church, a sending church? So you might look around and you might say, well, wait a minute, this, isn't, this church isn't a sending church. When was the last time we actually trained someone up and sent them out? Are we actually training people up and sending them out? And in some ways you'd be right. My immediate response to that, as a teacher, I like to do this, my immediate response to that would be, what are you doing to help us become a sending church. You probably learned, if you went to Sunday school, you learned that church isn't a place, it's the people. You're here, you are the church. If we're to become a sending church, we need to be thinking about how we can become a sending church. It certainly isn't a place. We, we don't have the nice building, the spire, the nice, the, the nice windows. This is the people. The people. How can we be a ascending church? But it also, in some ways, you would be wrong. You would be wrong because you have misunderstood how the sending is done and who is doing the sending. You see, if it was Craig... If it was other people in the leadership team, who were the ultimate authority in the church? That would be a frightening thought, I know. But if it was them, then yes, you would be right. We're not really doing a lot to kind of actually actively choose people to send them out. It's difficult with such a congregation who are in flux. We have a lot of very busy people who come and go. But it's... It's obvious, isn't it? It's God who does the sending. Regardless of whether you want to or not, like Jonah, he sent Jonah. Jonah didn't want to say to go. He ran the opposite way. In the same way, I'm not comparing myself to Jonah, in the same way that no church sent me from London to here, and I doubt that many of you, I doubt that any of you, well, I, I, doubt, I, I think very few of you were actively sent by your churches. How many of your churches, you know, those of you who aren't from Malaysia, how many of your churches said to you, you need to go to Johor Bahru? There, need, there is a big need in Johor Bahru for Christians, in specifically Bukit Inda. I feel the need for God in Bukit Inda. So it's God who sends us. And if we believe that God is complete control of our lives, then you should know that he sent you. I've taught, talked about being sent to, to Malaysia before, or God calling me here, and probably will again, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But I also know that some of you may not think that you were sent. Some of you don't realize the role that you have to play in either this church or your workplace, or just here in Malaysia. Just being here, I think, is a, is a powerful ministry 
the fact that we see a full church, we're getting to the point where we're full. And I would really encourage you, if you come in early, come and sit nearer the front. It does make the person up here feel a little bit better with people right close. Okay, but please do, yeah, because right, I can see today people are squeezing in at the back, okay? Get friendly, okay? They're not scary people, okay? I hope you're not scary people, okay? So, um, what was I saying? I've forgotten what I was saying. Um, I'm just going to, yes, so... Uh, some of you don't realize the role that you have to play in this church or in your workplace or in Malaysia or in all, all three of those. Some of you may never realize until God returns, till God reveals his plan after judgment. Some of you may have heard me talk about my best friend when I was at school. I was really close with him from about the age of 10 to about 18. And when I was 18... I left school, and we were going to different universities. It was very sad. I went around to his house during the summer holidays, and we had a massive argument because he couldn't believe that I believed that if I was a Christian, I believed that he would go to hell. Yeah, that wasn't the great thing to argue about. But, yeah, he couldn't believe that. And we kind of lost touch a little bit. I mean, we still kept in touch, but we would never, never been as close. But close enough that about seven years later... Actually, when I went back to work at the school, he, he gave me a ring and he said, Sam, you know, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd tell you I, I've become a Christian. I thought, That's amazing. Um, and uh, he said, you know, uh, yeah, I've been going along to this church called St. Helens. And I said, St. Helens in, in London? Yes. He said, yeah. It's like, St. Helens is in, in Bishopsgate. Yeah. It's like the church I go to every Sunday. So he'd been going to a different service to me, same church, and somehow had been converted. Some, a friend from work had brought him along. So two things. Firstly, that friend from work, how valuable was he? I don't know what influence I had on him, but the fact that he, he felt the need to tell me, I hope that God had used me in some way. I don't know. I take no pride in that um, because I know it was all God that did it. So who knows how God will use you? In your workplace, when you're talking to your colleagues, how, who knows who, uh, how God will use you when you're talking in the mother's group or to other fathers at the school gates or your taxi driver when you're being... I've had some great conversations with taxi drivers they are amazing kind of sources for information around JB and Singapore. And they, some of them love to talk. You probably know that. The many nations in the Great Commission means people group. Nations is actually better translated as people group. And who better to reach the people groups in your office in your workplace, the unique people groups that you come across than you. So don't doubt that you have been sent to those people groups. So you might still be clinging to the argument. You might say, but most people who leave the church, 
Yes, we pray for them. We bring them up wherever we can, especially when we know that they are uh, going, especially if they're going on to ministry. But generally, we bring them up to the front and we pray for them. But you might argue, but they're forced out of their jobs. Oh, sorry, they're forced out of, you know, to change jobs. Or they're forced to go back to their country. Or they're forced to go somewhere else. They don't choose to. Now, about a year ago, we finished uh, the series on Acts. For those of you who remember it, you know, cast your mind back to that. If you, uh, if you have a chance, go back and listen to the sermon series. I don't know whether it's online. I think they are online. Now, preaching on Acts uh, struck me uh, amazingly uh, how relevant it is to this church here in Malaysia. The church in Jerusalem grew and everyone knew them and, and uh, respected them as Christians, but they stayed in Jerusalem. But how did they go about spreading the gospel to the rest of the world? Well, if you remember, they were persecuted. Many of them were beaten and killed and many of them fled from Jerusalem. And as they fled from Jerusalem, they spread the gospel to the known world. Now, that's not a plan that we want for this church. And that's not, hopefully it's not something that we will have for this church. But God will find a way to spread the gospel. And so he does pick people up who are maybe a little bit too comfortable and puts them elsewhere. You see, God does the sending. And as he chooses people in this church to move to different places, God is sending people, Christians, people who know his gospel, to all ends of the earth. But of course, there's more that we can do. I don't think it's a secret that Craig and this church have a vision for evangelism and spreading the gospel. But we also need to be equipping people for this task, training them up in ministry. And how do we do that? Yes, we can have kind of special groups, uh, special talks, etc. But at the core of it, I'm going to bring up the next passage, which is 2 Timothy 3. So 2 Timothy, starting verse 3. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you heard it, and, for, and how from childhood you were acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All scripture is, God, uh, is, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's incredible, isn't it? That the man of God or woman of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Every good work is encouraged in the Bible. If you read the Bible all the way through, every good work it equips you and encourages you. 
I've said before that the main thing that attracted me to this church was the focus on the gospel, the Bible, the scriptures. And that, though that is held up first and foremost, and this, this passage is one of the reasons why. I learned verse 16 as a memory verse. Uh, all scriptures God breathed and useful for correcting, rebuking, uh, sorry, train, um, teaching, rebe- uh, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. But let's have a look back. It's important that we take in context. Have a look at verse 15. It says, from childhood you have been acqu- acquainted. And it's, that's very relevant for de- today, isn't it? These children who have been dedicated today, how incredibly important it is for us as parents, as us as a church family for these children to teach our children well, to teach them soundly and solidly the Bible. You see, we must put God's word first. Now, going to church every week is not necessary to make you a Christian. I've just been arguing that with uh, a former student of mine who has joined a cult, and their cult is telling them that they, are, they must attend every Sunday. Fortunately, he's had to go to national service, so um, he can't go every Sunday. Um, but, um, l- but learning from the Bible, through reading it, through listening to good sermons, through going to Bible studies, through discussing godly issues with your Christian friends and flavoring it through wisdom from the Bible. That is essential to our growth as a Christian. So, through reading your Bible, through listening to good sermons, through uh, going to Bible studies through discussing godly issues with your Christian friends and flavoring those conversations with wisdom from the Bible. If you want advice on that, I'm sure Craig can give you some advice, like on, or I can, or any of the leadership team or uh, people around can give you advice on places to download good sermons or uh, places to go and find good reading material. That is essential to our growth as a Christian. As a child, I learned that if you're not growing as a Christian, then you're backsliding. There is no standing still. Either you are growing or you're backsliding. So if you're not reading your Bible regularly, if you're not learning, then you are backsliding and you are moving further from God. And as, I grow, as you grow as a Christian, as each and every one of you grow as a Christian, I guarantee that you will feel more compassion for the lost and more of a compulsion to share the good news and in that way become more Christ-like. Because what did Christ do except come to preach the word of God and die for our sins. He came and he preached, repent and be saved. So what can we do as a church to be a sending church? Well, we must ensure that we're training people to use the Bible. That's why we put the word first and foremost. 
through sermons and through Bible studies. Please, if, you're, if possible, get yourself along to one of the Bible studies. We must spur one another on after church. Can't have conversations about what was going on in the sermon or what you've read. Ask questions. Discuss how you can be talking about uh, Christianity to your friends, your faith. And prayer. I've talked about prayer partners and prayer triplets before. I would encourage you to find somebody who you can pray with regularly, who will keep you accountable. We must pray. We would love to grow so much also that we can plant another church. So please pray for that. Please pray for the leadership team. Please pray for those people giving sermons. I need prayer. Um, Craig's vision, and I agree with this, is that we should plant lots of churches, small churches like this one, okay? Once we, I don't think this room could probably, 100 maybe at most, okay? Maybe, probably not even that. We, but lots of small churches, in the same way that 7-Eleven has more co- coverage in JB than Tesco. Tesco's pretty big, but 7-Eleven you find everywhere, don't you? Okay, small churches, wouldn't that be wonderful? So please pray for growth. Please pray for wisdom for the leadership of the church. Please pray for the people to come in. Please pray for conversions. Please pray for strength and boldness to witness for yourselves. Please please pray that this church will grow and with it the kingdom of God. On that note, I'm going to pray for us. Father, help us to become more like your son. Unashamed of the gospel. Loving you so much and loving people so much that we want to see them in heaven. Lord, we pray for those friends of ours that we love that don't know you. We pray that somehow we can have a a conversation. We might have had that conversation before, but Lord, help us somehow to have that conversation again. We pray that those seeds are planted in them, that they can be questioning. We pray that they have those times in their lives where they think, they wonder what might happen after it. They don't see the bad in our lives, but they see the good that is you. The salvation, the peace, the joy that comes from knowing you. And they wonder and they ask about it, Lord. Lord, I pray for those who are, who are timid. Lord, I pray give them strength. I pray give them opportunities, even if people are actually come and ask them about the gospel. Lord, I pray for this church that we can grow and we can continue to stay faithful to your word. And if it is your will, then we can plant another church. In Jesus' name, amen.